guys what's going on welcome back to another uh episode of the arsenio zsl podcast again i do apologize because my voice still isn't at 1000 percent yet however i do have range now so when i do go higher i'm able to sound a little bit more normal but then when i'm a little bit lower i sound it sounds like i have a coward's voice and to be honest with you uh the pollution is at 168 right now in bangkok this is like the red zone um and on top of that, it's just, it, it could be a number of things. And I do believe that it's like, the, uh, I have a mucus filled up. That's basically what's happening right now. And I don't know how it happened, but it happened over the last probably one week. I'm still waking up coughing because my throat is itchy. So there's, there's a number of different things happening, but I can tell you right now, about four days ago, I sounded like eight cans of shark shit. Okay. I'm sounding much better now because I got that range, baby. It's not about yelling. I don't know what happened, but you know what? I'm going to come back stronger than ever. And that sometimes, and at points, I do sound fucking sexy. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. So with that being said, people, let's dive into this. Mm. <sighs> I'm going to have to take some breaks to get some of that voice back because mucus comes up and then it sounds like I have a very <clears throat> voice. So I do apologize for that. But nonetheless, people, today is a corporate finance day. Today's about business development. You know, I'm supposed to bring on uh, some of my uh, students and to be honest with you, I'm probably just going to like put a stop loss, meaning by Friday, if the other two haven't sent it to me, I'm just going to have my wonderful Thai student um, and her voice for the corporate finance in terms of presenting those slides, right? So the other ones, I'm just like, you know what, guys, I'm just going to cut my losses. You guys are taking goddamn too much time. So I'm just going to go along with it. I'm just going to go. Okay, I ain't got time for it. But today is about business development. See, it's about customer journey. You know what? So much has happened over the past two weeks. Um, the trials and tribulations, uh, the falling out of relationships, uh, especially with the training company I've been uh, training at. And this is simply because I put my foot down and said, I'm not going to wait in the sweltering heat plus pollution for an hour and a half for you to come pick me up. And whereas you were supposed to be here at 8 a.m. But because your miscommunication, I'm going to say no, no training today. And now she is completely gone AWOL like her and three others as a matter of fact and I'm just like hey listen I know your true colors now and to be honest with you I want you to know that I do not need you however I am learning in the process in terms of okay communication communicating thoroughly like <clears throat> if every day I train you got a 15 minute I'm putting a stop loss on where you got 15 minutes and if your driver isn't here by then, I'm going to be heading to the other side of town back home. So I could have done that and communicated that from the very beginning. And my mom would say from the, from the get-go, but I did not. And so that is the situation that ended up happening. And it's all good because I learned so much in the process, especially too. So with that being said, from that point forward and for five days, I was so down and out because I'm like, damn, well, this company is going to be finished after the 120 hours. However, Next thing you know, two Colombians. I launched TOEFL preparation classes. As a matter of fact, I haven't even like, you guys are probably going to be here in the demo, but to be honest with you, I haven't even like launched a podcast to even like tell you guys about this. Oh my God, I have failed. So that's something I got to do today. But nonetheless, I got three more Venezuelans, another Venezuela, a bunch of followers. I've been doing a lot of spontaneous things and putting an experience into my life. Went to a CrossFit gym, absolutely almost died <laughs> during that exercise, but at the same time, met two wonderful human beings, and so much is just happening and turning up, and I'm just so grateful for it, and this is about business development. 
So I'm gonna give you a list of business strategies. Do you agree or disagree? Number one, profit should always come before people. Now, if you're Apple, yes. If you're Amazon, yes. But I can tell you right now, how happy are those employees? How much is Tim Cook paying himself? Jeff Bezos didn't give a damn when COVID happened. He still had everyone working overtime. And the next thing you know, the warehouse and a lot of employees ended up dying. See, when you're a fat cat, meaning when you have a lot of money, you put profit over people no matter what. Look at Apple's products, people. Guys, the MacBook Pro this year, how much different is it? You know what, to be honest with you, I believe it regressed from the one that I bought. The one that has actually, you know, the bar and everything on the, the keyboard. <laughs> and to be honest with you, they put profit over people. Are they really trying to better our lives with these new iPhones, iPhone 14, 15, 16, 17? How much does it improve? 11 and 12 are the same thing. No, I'm sorry, 12 and 13 are the same thing. 11 is isolated, and then 10 has already become unusable, apparently, according to one of my students. And I'm just like, profit over money. But see, when you're a trillion-dollar company, it doesn't matter, right? You just keep trying to rake in that money. And so to be honest with you, from a business perspective, absolutely not. When you're a solopreneur like me, an entrepreneur like me, absolutely not. You give 120%. You exceed expectations, and you do a hell of a lot more than what you're paid to do. Because guess what? The law of increasing returns, which is one of the laws that Napoleon Hill had spoken about when he wrote that book back in 1936, I believe, The Law of Success, you got to understand what's coming your way. See, putting your foot down is not selling yourself short. Let me give you a story. <sighs> While I was walking to the CrossFit gym just, uh, <clears throat> just a couple of weeks ago, right? And, you know, I was listening to one of my, uh, Ebru. Ebru, you probably heard her on my podcast. You know, she came on and we did an amazing podcast about a number of different things. And while Ebru and I were walking, you know, or not me, Ebru and I were walking, while I was walking and listening to Ebru, a job had come to her and said, hey, can you teach my employees for 60 hours for only 500 USD? And she said, no. She said, I'm not gonna sell myself short, Arsenio. And I do feel bad because she came to me through LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, you could give discounts. You could have people like, like donate to your charity, but you never wanna come off as cheap, ever. See, with the TOEFL preparation classes, I never want to come off cheap, but I, want, I do want to give a variety and say, listen, TOEFL reading, TOEFL listening, TOEFL speaking, TOEFL writing, these are available. 12 sessions, 12 hours for 200 USD. That's not coming off as cheap because in those classes, there must be between, <coughs> excuse me again, two to four students, right? So with that being said, this is part of a customer base. Like I always put people before profit, because I know I'm going to profit, but the people and the deep relationships at the end of your life, you're not measured based on your bullshit money. How many people have died and they, you know, they were measured by their money. They were measured, not, they weren't measured by anything they did. How many people? And this is what you have to consider. Because guess what? You're going to be measured by the deep relationships and the relationships you have and the people you touched and impacted around the world throughout your lifetime. No bullshit. So I always put people before profit and you need to adopt that. Number two, you have to spend money to make money. Okay, let's put it this way. Teams. 
<clears throat> see, some people we have limiting beliefs, such as, oh, if I hire someone, I'm going to lose money. That's that limited belief saying, oh, I'm going to have to invest in this, but I'm not going to get anything in return. So let me give you an example. I had someone three years ago who was working for me, but I didn't know what her goal was. You know, there were two things. There was like, okay, you could pay someone who's very good, maybe at online marketing, and you're going to pay them the big bucks because they're going to draw in more clients and bring more sales. Then you have someone who's actually hadn't handling the admin task, right? And these admin tasks are basically, you know, the... um uh, you, you know, doing uh, all, all the stuff that you don't want to do. So you can focus on your prolific quality output, your PQO, what you're supposed to be doing, such as me coaching, speaking, podcasting, videos, etc. Right. And so sometimes we do have a tendency of saying, but if I bring someone in, I'm not going to make more money. But if you do hire the correct way and hire someone who's going to be able to drive more sales, you're not going to lose money and you're going to have to like revert that and say, I'm going to make more money. And so you are going to have to spend money on people who can drive more sales in order to make more money. Keep that in mind. Number three, good strategic decisions involve a balance between profitability and business sustainability. Absolutely. You have to, you have to think way outside the box in order for your business to sustain. I could tell you one thing right here. I was in the training class and I showed them the icon of Snapchat. They said, AJ, what's that? I said, what? You don't know Snapchat? Oh, no, no. Oh, what's that? You don't know what that is. I said, oh my goodness gracious. You know why? Because Snapchat, after IG stories came out, Snapchat went right down the drain. This was back in 2018. Sure, you may still have a net profit of about a billion dollars, but you're going nowhere. Twitter is going nowhere. They extended the conversations, but to be honest with you, that's all Twitter is about. That's all Twitter is about. And so when we look at it from a long-term perspective, innovation, you have to be willing to innovate and build upon the ideas that you already have. And this is what I was so excited about because this is what brought so much. And I saw it like Clash of Clans. You guys probably heard that game. One of the first biggest and actually the first and the biggest, uh, what is it? Phone game that came out and now there are just millions of them, right? But Clash of Clans, they always kept us guessing about the new update, new update, new update, new characters, new this, new that. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I loved Clash of Clans while I played it between what, 2012 up to about 2017. And so while I was playing this game, they always kept us guessing. Like the growth they app, Brendan Bouchard, at the beginning of this year, he's like, man, we have so many great things that are going to be coming. You have to keep them guessing. You have to keep your listeners and your loyal followers guessing at all costs. Because guess what? When you don't innovate, they will go away. When you don't innovate your business, such as me. Okay, TOEFL preparation classes. Let's do it. Okay, mastermind groups. Right? And so these mastermind or mastermind calls, whatever it may be. I'm continuing to innovate on my podcast in different ways so that I could streamline more customers and retain the, not customers, but streamline more listeners and keep the same loyal, beautiful students that I have right now who are listening to me, such as yourself. So sustainability, you got to be able to sustain yourself by innovating and then profitability. Absolutely. So what I'm going to give you, we're going to talk about the balanced scorecard. 
All right. And I'm going to, and give me two seconds. Balance scorecard, right? And this is what it sounds like, okay? The balance scorecard gives you an overview of the organization's performance and how different areas of the business affect each other, okay? The scorecard is basically a way of collecting and presenting information to provide insights on how the company's currently performing and the highlight issues in performance. See, the scorecard traditionally attempts to answer questions in relation to four different areas of the business. Finance, how do we look to everybody? Are we financially healthy? Number two, customers. Now, I think customers should be number one. How do customers see us? Do we provide customer satisfaction, the, customers, uh, the, the customer journey? How are we able to retain customers? Number three, internal processes. What do we need to do well? How well do we need to do it now? Setting the intention, the people and processes, and then obviously the outcomes, right? This is a high performance way of thinking of things. And then learning and growth. How can we continue to improve and innovate? See, by developing measures in each of these areas, strategic planners can identify improvements the company can make and devise plans in order to do so. These development plans are often referred to as uh, uh, strategy maps. Okay, so positive developments, okay, different tools that you can come out with to develop internal processes and internal processes are the biggest thing you have to, you, you have to figure out and people need to know their roles. So let me give you an example of this, the training company, right? I believe that the lady from the very beginning, she didn't assign roles to specific people. If she was too busy to actually respond to some of my messages in terms of the goddamn driver not coming, she could have assigned this role to someone else so that they can do it, so that they can figure everything out and make sure everything is planned out rather than her, right? So that she gets frustrated when I actually put my foot down and say, no, that is not enough. This is the 13th time this has happened. I let those 12 times go by just because, but because you pay me a very high premium doesn't mean you could just, at the snap of fingers, just have everything just come up just like that. That's not how it works. So by doing that, you need to have an internal process. Like, okay, you, employee number one, what you need to do, okay, what you need to focus on is you need to make sure Arsenio gets from point A to point B. You got to make sure about this, this, and this. You, you're going to do this, this, this. You, you're going to do this, this, this. I'm out. I'm the person who hired Arsenio. That's it. Now, if you want to assign yourself that role and not come around and join my classes anymore because you have that I'm 16 and angry at my dad's syndrome, that's totally fine. But establishing roles at the beginning to have that very healthy internal process is very important. Let me give you another one. <clears throat> when it comes to internal processes, HR, innovation, customers, and learning and growth, all of these correlate with one fundamental idea, staying in your lane. Now, what does that mean? There was a guy at this same company who had some comments about me and saying, oh, this isn't helping, you know, the students. And I said, hold on, you're a teaching assistant. You're not even that good at English. And you have the audacity to say this. He told his boss, the boss told the number one Norwegian. So at the time, I had those three women who were defending me. 
But now those three women, they have completely dispersed and disappeared after the entire fallout that had happened probably about four weeks ago. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Okay, don't really care about him. I know my role. I know exactly what I'm trying to do here and accomplish. So what ended up doing, I up-leveled it because we had to do like a nice little micro course and then we up-leveled it to elementary. So we did some listening exercises and all of a sudden this clown his students in class have better listening skills than him. He was walking around trying to get answers. And he said probably over the course of two hours, three times, this is difficult. This is difficult. Ha, joke on you. Oh, it's difficult now. But is it still, is that good enough? You know what I mean? Because I know how good I am. But if you're going to go to your boss and say, oh, no, it's not that good. Oh, you can finally go to your boss and say, you know what? I, you know, Arsenio proved me wrong. I'm a dumbass. But to be honest with you, it's not about proving wrong or anything because I've already written the email and I'm already at the end of this in conclusion of this course, going to let you guys go, wish you all the best in your future endeavors, and then we're done. Because listen, over this past weekend, I'm so happy that in two days I was able to make 1000 USD. That's the most I ever made in a single period ever, as opposed to obviously the course. And guess what? This is through my own business online. Venezuelan dentist, engineers from Colombia, now I'm picking up even more clients and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? This is really starting to pick up. And so with that being said, you need to be able to have employees who stay in their lane and are appreciative of the services that one provides. And if you have someone who's two-faced it, it goes to show you that there's something wrong with the internal process and hiring of the company. Because you know what? With innovation, if there's like, if there's like a lot of competition, you can never innovate. There's always conflict. There's always gossip. There's always people talking about other people behind their backs. You know, some of the attendance, as a matter of fact, I think uh, the attendance in one of my classes had depleted even more. And I'm just like, hey, listen, it depleted because they don't want to hold themselves accountable for learning English. That's all there is to it. There's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that. But I learned so much throughout the process, knowing that, oh man, I'm working, I, well, I'm training at a Thai company. And I understand that a lot of students, they just, it's more of a push than it is a pull. They're being pushed to learn English and to learn about different things that are very actionable for their business, but it's really not working. You know, I had the support of three ladies and now I don't. Am I okay with that? Absolutely. And so at the same time, I always ask myself and tell myself, you know what, when it comes to the strategy of making sure like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And your company is going to benefit in this way. And having those four things, okay, the learning and growth, how can they continue to improve and innovate? Not only within English, but within their departments too. How can they improve their communication, giving them high performance prompts and things that they could learn? And then if you're not, and you're taking that for granted and saying that that's, that's not helping you with your work, rest assured, best of luck to you. My services are done after these 120 hours. So as a trainer, I always have to find that balance. And I always go back to terms, time, energy, return, money, and sanity. <clears throat> Excuse me again. The sanity is pretty much gone now. The sanity is pretty much gone now because now I know when I go to this company, there are only two people I speak to. 
those women who I used to speak to a while back, I don't speak to them anymore because again, they have the whole I'm angry at my dad's syndrome. So it goes to show you that the internal processes are really bad. But the thing is, my students are the most important ones. And so, yes, I do have a very difficult class on a Wednesday afternoon um, where I do have 15 students, but they're just not enthusiastic about anything. And I'm just like, man, why am I even here? But it's all good because I only got X amount of hours left and I'm not going to have to deal with this anymore. And it's very unfortunate that I have to approach that from that perspective. But again, I do learn so much from dealing with these types of companies now going forward. Not all Thai companies are like this. I've been to Thai companies, you know, like Toshiba, Bangkok Bank, Kung Thai Bank, some of the biggest banks here, uh, SCG, and the employees were very enthusiastic about learning and about training. But other companies, no. Especially when you go outside Bangkok, those types of companies, they really do not give a damn because they don't believe that this is going to get them to another level. They're just so shackled into who they are and they're just going to be who they are for the rest of their life and not develop whatsoever. And I'm gonna leave this with you, innovation. I was at the restaurant yesterday. There's a place called Yumsat that I go to out here in Bangkok. <clears throat> and while I go there, a lot, of, a lot of Thai restaurants, they really don't understand the essence of customer service. I get there, there are only three customers, big restaurant, three customers. There are some food, uh, food services that come there. You know, they're called grab bike out here where they pick up the food, they get an order, they go there, they, they grab hailing services out there in America. I think they call it Uber Eats, uh, you know, uh, and uh, what is it? In Indonesia, I think they call it uh, Jet, if I'm not mistaken, or Get, G-E-T. And now here in Thailand, there's probably about five or six of them already, right? Profitability, that's what the government does. So nonetheless, I'm sitting there, it's, four, it's 3.35 <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, all right, so I ordered my food. The service was much worse than before because I had a wonderful tomboy the last time. And out here in Thailand, the tomboys are the absolute best. I love them so much. So I'm over here and you know, the tomboy, she gave me great service and I got my food real quick. So this guy comes along and he just seems very dissatisfied. See, innovation, you gotta have employees who are enthusiastic. So I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't really give a damn about his job. He's really not communicating with me. So then 340 comes around and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm looking at the other two patrons. These other patrons over here to my right, they were before me and they still haven't gotten their food. Who knows when they actually came in? So they're sitting down. This lady has her hands crossed across her chest and this other guy over here sitting by himself, he seems like to be eating already. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So next thing you know, 10 minutes roll by and then I hear someone screaming at the door and it's this grab hailing service, grab, right? And I'm just like, you know what? Okay, okay, this guy's just screaming out things. So this guy probably has a massive order. Sure enough, he did. About five minutes after that, we're at 15 minutes. They finally give the food to the people over to my right. And they continue to feed the guy that was there a long fucking time before. More food, more food. It's 3.55, we're 20 minutes in. I'm just like, okay, I'm giving you a stop loss right now. You got five minutes, so I'm walking the hell up out of here. And so I walk up to the, first, it's, it's four o'clock. I said, you know what? Fuck this. I did ask him. I said, where's the food? And he said something in Thai and walked out. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, you guys don't even deserve my money. Four o'clock, walked up. Hey, check out. She said, oh, it's this price. I said, where's the food? Where's the fucking food? Okay. I don't want to be, I don't want to be angry, but 25 minutes 
and only three fucking customers, you're focusing more on grab than you are the customers who are in and dining in your goddamn restaurant. So she hurried up and took everything off and said, oh, katona ka, fuck you. you katona ka means excuse, sorry. You know, no, 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 no. You guys don't have systems in place. Your internal process of doing things is fucked up. You lost a customer, which is going to hurt what? Your finances. But you don't care because you lack innovation. You're here only for a job. How many people? How many people in your life have you come across and you know that they're there just to pick up a check? They're just, that, that's all they give to their job. They're there to pick up a check. See, when you don't innovate and you don't learn and grow, you're going to be in the same position you are year in and year out. And this is the problem with a lot of people around the world. So with that being said, people, I just wanted to give you that nice little breakdown of the balanced scorecard, the different things that need to be in top notch and your willingness to innovate, your willingness to get rid of competition and at the same time, focus on that learning and growth within the company so that you can satisfy your customers. Me, I like to say students. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful The Arsenio CSL podcast. Apologize for my voice again. It sounded so much better, but it needs to get back to that tip-top shape. But this pollution is killing me. But with that being said, man, I'm so grateful that you guys are here. Stay tuned for more over and out.